This morning's reading is taken from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 5 to 15. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and praise to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Well, good morning, everyone, and thank you, Norman, for that reading. I'm really excited to be bringing the third part in our three-part series on prayer this morning, looking at prayer as a lifestyle. Now, this will no doubt be a really familiar passage for many of us, and probably one that you've heard multiple sermons on in the past. I wonder how you feel when you think about the idea and the concept of a lifestyle of prayer. Maybe that feels really normal and familiar to you. Maybe you're kind of excited and you think, oh yes, I wonder what that might be like. Maybe it feels like a chore. Maybe it doesn't mean anything at all. So before we start, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are here with us. Thank you for your words that we read in the Gospels and the way it inspires our lives. Lord, as we consider what it might look like for each of us to have a lifestyle of prayer, would you speak to our hearts and minds in ways that we can understand and respond to? May we leave this place this morning with a renewed and deepened desire to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you were here last week, you would have heard Dan's fantastic talk about the purpose of prayer. And if you didn't hear it, can I encourage you to go back and listen on YouTube? Because Dan painted such a beautiful picture for us of how God responds when we come to him in prayer. And I found it humbling and deeply moving, but also really reassuring to be reminded of the delight that God takes in us in just being with us. 
Now, at first reading, this passage can seem a bit like a do's and don'ts list of how to pray. Don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be like the pagans. Do pray like this. Do use these words. Now, if we were first century Jews, this would seem, sorry, not first century Jews, just first century followers of the way. (laughs) Anyone, anyone in the first century. This would have seemed really, really radical. But 2,000 years of familiarity, perhaps, means that we can lose some of the heart of the message about prayer and what it means for our lives. And I think that one of the keys for helping us to understand what this passage says about a lifestyle of prayer is tucked away in verse 6. But when you pray, so an assumption we're going to pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. The invitation here from Jesus into intimacy with the Father is really extraordinary. Not least because it's available to everyone. He says, be alone with me. Be in the place of your greatest vulnerability. Close the door. Let's be alone together. This morning I wondered if it might be helpful to temporarily replace the word prayer with the word presence. What would it be like if instead of saying, I will pray about that, we said, I will take that into God's presence? I wonder instead of having a prayer time, we had a presence time, or instead of a prayer meeting, a meeting in his presence. Because I think that making prayer our lifestyle is about making the presence of Jesus our lifestyle. When my daughter Daisy was about four years old, we were driving in the car, and um, there was a man, a little old man, and he looked really disheveled, like no one was taking care of him. And he was possibly homeless, I don't know, and he was walking along the road. And I just went, oh, Daisy, look at that poor man. And she looked at me, and she went, well, pray for him then. I'm like, uh, yeah, dear Lord Jesus, um, we pray for the man, we don't know the man, you know the man, and I'm driving like this. And in that moment, I was so struck by how my first instinct had not been to pray for that man, but in her simplicity of her four-year-old mind, pray for the man. And it left me wondering why I'd been so dull, and almost it seemed alien in that moment for me to want to pray. At one of the morning sessions at Focus in July, the speaker said something which I wrote down and I circled it and I kept coming back to it over and over again. He said, the world needs more people who have been with Jesus. And he talked about Peter and John in Acts chapter 4 and they've been out proclaiming Jesus' resurrection to people and believers are multiplying by the minute. There's like more than 5,000 and the rulers and the teachers of the law are furious. They're getting more and more angry and they arrest Peter and John. And the Holy Spirit fills Peter and he starts speaking out boldly. And in verse 13 it says this, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, 
ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. From this example, we can see that one of the greatest gifts that we can give to the rest of the world is when we spend time in God's presence. We can then be an actual living representative of God's power the more we become like him and absorb him. According to research by social psychologist Dr. David McClelland of Harvard University, the people you habitually associate with determine as much as 95% of your success or failure in life. If that alone isn't enough reason to want to be in the presence of Jesus, then I'm not sure what would be. When we intentionally put ourselves into God's presence on a regular basis, we begin to be more like him. Now, I know that depending on the hundreds of differences that exist between your life and mine, spending time in God's presence will look different for each of us. Maybe we could be like one of these renowned prayer warriors. We could be like the father of Methodism, John Wesley, who famously spent two hours praying in his, mor- in his room every morning. And now I assume that John Wesley learned this practice from his mother, Susanna Wesley, who vowed never to spend more time in leisure and entertainment than she did in prayer and Bible study. So amidst her busy life of parenting and homeschooling nine children, she scheduled two hours each day for fellowship with God by pulling her apron over her head, and every person in the house knew that this was a signal that she was with God. Brother Lawrence, a monk in the early 1600s, believed it was easy to be close to God in prayer as long as you didn't wander far from him the rest of the time. Brother Lawrence's day-to-day was filled with washing dishes and cooking, but within those seemingly mundane tasks, he tried to pray without ceasing. He became so famous for the habit that someone interviewed him and published a little book called The Practice of the Presence of God. And this book hasn't been out of print in over 300 years and has sold more than 20 million copies in English alone. In fact, if you're looking for prayer inspiration, then my quick research revealed that there are currently over about 200 books on prayer available on Amazon today if you wanted to go and buy one. But I do wonder if all the talk about prayer and all the famous prayer lives of others sometimes gets in the way of us actually doing it ourselves. I know for sure that I have definitely substituted on more than one occasion reading about prayer rather than being in the presence of Jesus. Whilst everyone's life affords them a different opportunity for how and when to pray, what is the same for all of us is why, to come close to God in his presence. And if you know anything about the creation story in Genesis, then you will know that human beings were designed 
from the very beginning to be in God's presence. Do you know what the presence of God is like? People have told me stories of feeling God's presence the instant they walked into this church or another place or an event. I wonder how you would describe what it's like. In Blaze, our kids group for years two to six, last week we were learning about Moses' encounter with God's presence in the burning bush. And we talked about the awe and majesty and wonder and magnitude um, of God's presence and what that was like. And a couple of weeks ago, Alan was talking about Elijah's encounter with God's presence in the still, small voice of a whisper. Gentle, but so powerful that Elijah hid his face. I hope you're beginning to get an increased sense of interest and excitement about the idea of spending time with God, as that has been my prayer this week as I've been preparing. But I do want to flag one health warning. God's presence is not always comfortable. Often our first reaction when we enter God's presence is to recognize our own failings. His perfection brings our conviction. His overwhelming love brings our lament. His offer of forgiveness opens the doors to our repentance. But by facing these realities of our humanity and our failings, God can begin the work of transformation in our lives. I thought I would try and describe to you some of my own experiences of God's presence, but I found it was really hard to put it into words. I have experienced God's presence through uncontrollable tears, as shivers, like being cold but not being cold, but also as heat, as like a heart-pounding, full-body sensation, but also as like an overwhelming, kind of lost-in-wonder, timelessness. And I'm sure many of you could describe other ways that you've experienced God's presence that I've never experienced. Sometimes it's just peaceful and still, or a sense of being known and held. When we think about these things, it's hard to imagine that we would ever want to do anything else. And yet, how many times have we turned our backs on the gift of God's presence and tried to do things in our own strength? I know I have definitely run from God's presence in the past when I've known that I've got unconfessed sin in my life. For those of us who bear the scars of keeping our faces turned away from God, we know the sense of isolation, loneliness, desperation, and the deep lack of peace it produces. We are in a fight for our lives, a fight against our own humanity and the humanity of others, and against the schemes of an enemy who is actively working against us and loves nothing more than our separation from God. Imagine if instead of numbing our pain with TV, drink, drugs, sex, gambling, gaming, doom scrolling on social media, we took our pain into the presence of Jesus. 
Today's verses are not simply a dry ingredients list for how to pray. They are a trailer for the sorts of topics that we can bring into God's presence for discussion with the King of Kings. So let's take our intellectual skepticism into the presence of all wisdom and ask him to increase our desire for his presence. Let's take our fears into the presence of perfect love and allow it to be driven away. Let's take the things we can't control into the presence of the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Let's take our heartaches and anxieties into the presence of the Prince of Peace. Let's take our needs into the presence of Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Let's take our gratitude and our praise into the presence of the name above all names. Let's take our joy and celebration into the presence of the one who rejoices over us with singing. And if your mind is screaming, I can't get there, I'm too low, I'm too defeated, I've got nothing, then close your eyes, say nothing, and let the presence of the God of all comfort surround you and minister to your heart. It's brave to pray, to enter into the mystery and the majesty of an unseen realm. When our world demands that we have certainty and a position on every topic, and yet God is so happy to receive all of our whys and all of our I don't knows. And we can do that wherever and whenever we like because of Jesus, because he is so close. And when we turn and believe in him, the Holy Spirit streams into our hearts and minds. I believe that when we see prayer as presence, it becomes so irresistible that the issues of how or where or what to say become irrelevant. There is something so intimate and unrivaled about being alone with God, and his presence is always available. The only decider is our willingness to receive it. Can I invite the band to come back? Are we ready to receive and experience more of God's presence in our lives? Let's ask the Holy Spirit to increase the desire in our hearts for God's presence, and then let's practice it. There's no rules about what that should look like for each of our lives. Do you know that you can ask God what to pray for? The Bible says that Jesus is already praying for us. You could just ask what to join in with. If you don't know how to pray for your children, your parents, your friends, your situation, your finances, your work, ask Jesus to show you. And if you don't feel like you have ever experienced the presence of God, or it's been a really long time, and you want to know that presence this morning, 
then you can just ask him in your heart and mind or out loud where you are right now. But sometimes God prompts us to do something physical. And last week, Dan talked about going for prayer at Focus just as an act of obedience to God's prompting. So if there's something you feel like God is nudging you to do, then please come and receive prayer. Dan and I are going to be down here and available or reach out to someone that you trust. And we can ask for a fresh outpouring of God's presence in your life together this morning. Would you stand to pray? Father God, in the name of Jesus, we stand here in your presence. Would you begin to minister to us? Lord, you know our deepest longings, our cries and our needs. And as we begin to bring them to you, may we experience your transforming power. Inspire in us a longing for your presence, that from this day we might be marked out as a group of people who are desperate for your presence and desire to bring everything before you. Jesus, help us to stop being our own barrier to enjoying all that a life lived with you can bring. In Jesus' name, amen.
you to worship and we're going to make just space for us to respond to anything Jess has said, anything God might be saying in your hearts this morning. It's in the presence of God that we see breakthrough and it might be just where you are you want to respond or if you want prayer, feel free to come to the front. Dan and Jess are here, we'd love to pray for you. There's an account that happened in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 12, where Peter's in prison and he's shackled and an angel turns up and the light of the Lord shines and in the presence of God, it just says his chains fell off. And in the presence of the Lord, we, we just see breakthrough. And if you're dealing with something this morning and you need to see a breakthrough for a situation, it's so often that happens, it's in the presence of God, just coming into his presence allowing his light to shine on that situation and chains fall off, doors open, circumstances changed. So as we continue to just worship, if you want to respond, I encourage you just to respond in your own heart and invite the Lord to be with you this morning by his presence. And if you like prayer, then feel free to come to the front and we'd love to pray for you that you'd encounter God's presence in a deeper and wider and more tangible way because it's for you it's his gift it's his promise that when we invite him to come he comes that's God's promise and he's faithful to that